Lucrative Super has been a proud partner of the PFA since 2009 and offers PFA members the opportunity for one-on-one consultation and advice on your super at no additional cost. With Lucrative Super, you're a part of an industry super fund that's been providing solid, long-term returns and excellent service for the past 40 years. We care about giving back to our community. Lucrative Super, working for a better future. And to wrap up our trilogy uh, for podcast this week, we'll be speaking to Carly Hogg, who's an Adelaide United midfielder. Carly joins us. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Adrian. It's been a really impressive campaign uh, from the Reds. Uh, you girls seem to have gelled really well. One of the best things uh, that we've seen recently is some of the record crowds that have come out to support you. Um, it must be a good feeling knowing that you're putting a bit of cheer on the faces of football fans after what was an extremely difficult uh, 2020. And in a lot of respects, a lot of people are still coming out the other end of the COVID world. So it must be nice to know that um, you're spreading a bit of cheer with some of your football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're footballers and we're entertainers. So um, that's what we're paid to do is to entertain people. And uh, I think that um, Adelaide's really rallied behind us this year. Obviously, it helps that we're playing well and getting results. And um, we've had a couple of fantastic crowds at Marden, where it's a nice and uh, small, kind of intimate stadium where the, the crowd really gets behind us. And um, yeah, this game the weekend gone at, at Cooper's record-breaking W League crowd and that was a fanta- fantastic atmosphere. Um, everyone really enjoyed it. And what about the rise of women's football? I've spoken about it a lot in the last two, three years on various podcasts and spoken to uh, w, w League players and, and Matildas um, and also spoken to a few of the, the former players that had to deal with, unfortunately, terrible facilities um, had to deal with a lot of adversity at the time. Um, a lot of the commercial um, things weren't really a reality back then. So what is it like knowing that, I guess, you're living through um, the ascension of women's football? It must be a really refreshing feeling for you. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I think, you know, reflecting on my own personal experience, I you know, was a young kid in the, in the very early days of W League and just to see how much it's progressed over the last 10, 13 years, um, yeah, it's, it's incredibly impressive. And, you, and you're seeing, uh, particularly in, in squads like Adelaide, but all across W League, the integration of really young and, and highly talented players. And I think that's just, um, yeah, it speaks to the it speaks to the programs that the clubs are putting in place and, and the interest of young girls in, in becoming professional uh, women's footballers. It also must be really nice, uh, just from a personal perspective, seeing what some of our best uh, Matildas players are doing at the moment over in England. Sam Kerr, I speak about in particular, uh, Caitlin Ford, obviously, as well at, um, at Arsenal. Um, what does it feel like for you, just seeing those girls getting it done on the biggest stage of all and um, I guess some of the other articles and media and attention that's come out ranking these girls and some of the best players in the world? I think locally... Uh, a lot of people that follow the women's game closely have always had this long-standing thought that you know, we always knew that they were, you know, very they were elite and some of the best players going around. But finally, I guess internationally, they're they're starting to get that recognition and exposure. But that must be a good feeling as well, just as someone who plies their trade as an athlete against some of these girls. Yeah, definitely. I think for a long time, you know, um, the top players of W League, it was always questionable if if we could step up 
um, globally. And I think a lot of the girls have had incredible success this season and um, breaking into European football. So, yeah, for myself, uh, for younger players here, I think it just goes to show that there's a pathway to the best leagues in the world. You you can start at W League and you can progress into European leagues and, you know, United States, the UK, who are now, um, yeah, paying and, and treating their, their female footballers near equivalent to the men's. Um, and for anyone here, it's just, it's just a great opportunity. Does that give you guys more incentive knowing that there are better commercial opportunities out there? We talk about um, equality a lot in women's sport just across the board. Um, and there's still a long way to go. Let's be frank about that. But does that incentivize you, ga- you girls, or is that more just of a more of a, a bonus, I guess, for doing something that you love anyway? Oh, I mean, no one's in women's football currently for the money. I, mean, I think most people kind of um, you know, echo that off. But I think at the end of the day, it's a job, and if you want to get a full time professional commitment, the best out of athletes and you have to pay them as full-time professionals um you know it's always been a, a point of conversation between the amount of time that you can spend and dedicate in a in a men's team because that's their full-time job that's what they're getting paid to do whereas most w league players are either balancing uni or a second job you know you're spending all day nine to five at a job and then rocking up the training when you're shattered and exhausted and just mentally drained i think it is um, an important thing to get the best out of athletes performance-wise, mentally, physically, that that is their sole commitment and you're paying them um, to look after their body, to do the extra, you know, prehab work and extra technical work. And I think when the female game reaches that point where players and teams are paid as full-time professionals, then the standard is only going to jump even further because there's going to be extra time to dedicate to, to those little one percenters. How much of an influence has your father had on your journey in your football career? Um, a former Socceroo, of course, Steve. Um, I think it was 11 caps for the Socceroos and um, was a, a fine footballer himself. So what are some of the little things that you've picked up from your father in terms of your overall game? I mean, first and foremost, my dad's always been, you know, my number one coach and my number one training partner um, ever since I was little. I mean, I was quite fortunate growing up um, with my dad's work. We moved overseas a lot. I got to live in, you know, Papua New Guinea and England and 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 the likes. And all through that, um, I was training with my dad. Um, and so from from that side of things, you know, we kicked the ball every day um, for a lot of the time I can remember until I left for college. So um, just that one-on-one training, first and foremost, is um, I think you know why. Technically, I, I probably have a lot of strength in that area. Um, and I think the other thing is just the being able to bounce off ideas after game and that sort of thing. My dad's always been there. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's always been supportive in whatever I've done. Um, you know, I often got the question, do I just play? Because my dad plays, but um, no, he's always been massively supportive for me to pursue whatever I want. And um, yeah, but absolutely had a lot of um, development by having him as my father. That's uh, for sure. Absolutely. We'll move on and we'll talk about off the field. Um, You're doing a few things that are completely above my head. Uh, Julius Ross sent over 
a few notes uh, regarding some of these courses that you're studying. So hopefully I can get this right, Carly, a bit. A Bachelor of Mechanical Engineering, and you're also doing an Artificial Intelligence short course as well. Um, what does that mean exactly <laughs> for someone that's just a writer and essentially a journalist? <laughs> yeah, so my um, I was fortunate enough to go over to the States. So I, I did my college and my university degree over in Colorado and um, at the time I chose mechanical engineering. Um, I was really fascinated and um, particularly in the like physical aspect of engineering and I've always been, uh, for lack of a better word, a, a nerdy kid. Um, maths has kind of always been my strong suit. But since um, graduating, I've kind of decided I wanted to go into more software engineering, particularly interested in artificial intelligence. So at the moment I'm working in software development and data analytics. Um, like I, I have a professional career outside of football in that area. But, um, yeah, I'm really interested in building that into artificial intelligence as well. So I'm studying on the side. Nice one. Well, math certainly wasn't my forte. I think I got 26% my year 10 maths exam and uh, didn't do it in year 11 or year 12. So I'll just stick to writing, Kalia. But um, just getting back to the future, like, Further down the track, of course, football's obviously a massive part of your life at the moment, but what would be the ideal job or role that you want to get into eventually in a professional career outside of football? Yeah, I've always been really fascinated by sport and by, um, well, now artificial intelligence. If you'd asked me five years ago when I did my mechanical engineering degree, I would have told you my dream job was designing mountain bikes, you know, that intersection of engineering and sport and it's pretty similar now just more um you know i'm more intrigued by the the software and the artificial intelligence side i think that that is a scope that um sport is yet to fully embrace and i think it's going to completely revolutionize the way that that sports held and and data is um crunched on athletes and every other thing under the sun so that's kind of where i'm what I'm passionate about doing and obviously that's still maintaining some degree of sports involvement in a um, different capacity but I'd love to to be involved in that space at some point in the future. Nice and just one to wrap up we often speak about balance on this podcast having something outside of football maybe not getting too addicted to football or too obsessed with football and ensuring that um having something outside of football actually makes you a little bit calmer and a little bit more refreshed on the pitch. Um, how important is that? And I guess what have you learned? What are the methodologies or the strategies that help you balance life outside of football but also means you can maintain your focus on the pitch? Yeah, I, th- I think that's really interesting actually. Um, I for a long time said that work or study is my time away from football and football is my time away from work and study. And I think they complement each other very well. I think, um, you know, I have a very active, you know, overactive, some might say brain. Um, And so for me, being able to set my focus in highly technical um, analytics tasks, that means that when I come to football, you know, I can be focused in a more physically present um, manner, not to say that football isn't um, an intellectual game at all but um, I think it balances very well and I think for me as you said it's it also gives an additional long-term focus beyond football at the end of the day um, there will be a time that football 
investing in myself and preparing myself whenever that may be. Um, I think that also just brings a sense of stability, um, knowing that if something happened and it was your last football session or game that you're not going to be completely lost and I think there's a lot of chat about loss of identity and that kind of things, but um, knowing that I am someone else outside of myself as a footballer, um, I think really balances how I can approach both work and football. Well said. Well, we'll wrap it up there, but as I said off the top, all the best. Um, I'm going to be having a look tonight just to to make sure Sydney get the job done for you. Um, And I'm sure there's already a few nerves about at the moment. But let's hope that you guys can make finals for the very first time. It would be richly deserved. um, And I'd love to see you guys contending. Um, Because for for me personally, I think it's an incredibly even competition. um, And anyone can win it from any spot this season. So you've got to be in it to win it. And hopefully you're there. Yeah, can't wait. Looking forward to it, but um, definitely nervous at the same time. (laughs) Of course. Thanks a lot, Kalia. Thanks for having me on.